You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's Uncle Silk. And Dan. And uh, Nick, we're not all American. I think we might have been second team high school, all county. Shout out to 954 Dan, Broward County. Already you're lying on your resume, man. This is your first show. You're already lying about being all county and shit. Well, listen, when, when you go back and check it, I'll correct it. But until then, it was at least second team all county. There's definitely hockey? a brick. Hockey. No, no, I'm the hockey guy. There's like brick pavers at my parents' house. I can write my name. Hockey County. No, no. That's what Dan said. <laughs> that Dan's lying. <laughs> Dan's uh, lying. No, uh, no. Incredible ice is there. There's a bunch of stuff there. The Panthers were there. They did a huge outreach. So uh, Broward County is a big hockey town. <laughs> Not a big <laughs> hockey town. Broward. Not only are we the best at putting NFL players into the league. We're also the, probably the best hockey county in the in the state of Florida as well. It's not a bad thing to hang your uh, hat on. That's a great that's a great dandy fact. Welcome to the show, Nick. <laughs> this is, what a terrible intro. We're talking hockey. <laughs> Whenever you can sneak hockey in there, you know it's gonna be a good show. Yeah, uh, happy to be here, man. It's been a I gotta dust off my my podcasting chops here. It's been a while. It uh, man, dust I can't remember. Chops. Can't even, I don't know what that was. Can't even remember. <laughs> Can't even remember how long ago we started the podcast over at Gator Country, and then since I moved, uh, just been uh, homeless. Podcast homeless. So uh, happy to be here with uh, with Dandy, Corey, Spence, and Cam. And uh, you kn- you know what was going to have to happen for my first show? Hundreds yeah, of people too. You got to kick it there, off. There could be no other guests. We'll have uh, the Townsend brothers on in a minute, and that's the uh, that's the only way it could have happened. Right. It's for the brand, Nick. Nick, for for everybody that doesn't know you, I mean, I'm sure everybody does, but do a quick intro. Tell us a little bit about your backstory and then where you're writing now and do all that stuff. Yeah, it, um, I was interning at Bleacher Report and somehow uh, when I was at UCF and somehow Dan found my stuff or yeah. knew who I was and uh, he invited me to go to a signing day party in Orlando with uh, the great Bob Redman guest speaking. So I met Dan, had never met him before, met him in Orlando. And he was like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, I'm probably moving back here with my parents because I'm getting ready to graduate and don't have a job lined up. Yeah, no, it was wild. Before you even said that, Nick, uh, we met, I had just moved to Orlando maybe a month or two earlier for work. And Nick and I had followed each other on Twitter for a while. He was a guy that this is, Twitter was a very different place than it is now. So uh, I knew Nick was about to graduate from UCF, but he was still there. We went out to lunch. Um, at that burger place that's like relatively close to UCF. And I was like, dude, are you going to the uh, the Gator like alumni thing tonight? He's like, what Gator alumni thing? I'm like, well, let me tell you, this guy Hollywood Bob is speaking, and I had only known Hollywood him from Bob. Uh, yeah, from just like Twitter and just being around for a while. And Nick's like, he's like, yeah, I got nothing going on tonight. And here I was, I went, I didn't text Nick before we got there or anything else. I was like, man, I'm just gonna get stood up by some random guy. And there he was, and we had a great time. 
Uh, that's where we, that's where we met Johnny because the I think it was uh, he was like an Ohio State commit or something. We'll have to ask him, but uh, they were showing him there, showing him off <laughs> as the the punter signee on National Signing Day. And then yeah, Dan got me an internship with Gator Country, and uh, that was supposed to be like a six month trial period. I went up and covered two or three spring practices and got offered a full time job and spent eight years there. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, just made the switch over to Gators territory and um, and Rivals right before the LSU game. So I'm I'm 0 and 3 at Rivals or Florida's 0 and 3 at Rivals since oh. I've been there. And uh, yeah, just uh, get getting paid to watch sports, bro. It's not a bad not a bad gig if you can get it. Dan's a dot connector. That's what I get out of like most things in life. Being around Dan, he's a dot connector. I mean, that's that's his like profession. And then he he, he did it for me on on the side. He's doing side gigs. There was no commission cut for Dan there. No, there was no money made. <laughs> no money made. How, how does it end up? I end up getting banned on the website. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that was that was after my time was gone. <laughs> after after my time there, you weren't getting banned while I was there. That's true. Well, Nick, we're we're excited to have you on, my friend. I know when uh, you know Ahmad made the announcement, uh, you know you were the first person we thought of, the internet thought of, and. Dude, we're super excited to bring you on. He was board. fresh and, off of winning the Twitter uh, brackets, man. It was like it was like perfect yeah. timing, right? Like you know, we run the skills sometimes. Good luck to happen. That's what Silk and I said. Whoever wins this Twitter bracket is get to is, is who gets to be on our show. So it was either me or Snell, man. Yeah, <laughs> you were who? I think it was Snell. It was him or Shannon Snell. Oh, okay. I, I don't got ribs for you. For <laughs> sure. Well, perfect. Well, let's get the show started, boys. As always, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Roof Soldier, which is a veteran-owned business that's going to help you in all aspects of residential and commercial roof replacement. Give them a call, 1-877-ROOFSFL or roofsoldier.com. Again, 1-877-ROOFSFL. Let them know Stadium and Gale sent you. You get $1,000 off your roof replacement. So again, need a new roof, your roof Lincoln insurance company needs you to replace a roof. You just buy a new house and you need a new roof. Give them a call. one eight seven seven roofs fl Mention State of Miguel, get $1,000 off any roof replacement. So boys, it's that time to announce Silk's cousin. Right now he's claiming him as his play cousin until he comes on the show. Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor was inducted into the Senior Bowl Hall of Fame today, along with Reggie Wayne, Ken Jordan, Patrick Sertan, and Joe Staley. So a hell of a group to be inducted in with. Is that nice, the is nice. that the is that the Hall of Fame that you were waiting on there for your cousin? I'm not waiting on any Hall of Fame, but I'm, I'm, I don't even think he's celebrating this one. But that's very good. Like we had to, we got to talk about something. So. <laughs> that, um, that's that's interesting because it's like to to get into that game you have to be a senior and so many guys are leaving now and then you really have it, it, that week is i've been out there so many times that week's more important about you know meeting with teams and what you do in workouts and meetings that you really don't even by the time the game comes that saturday like i'm i'm already out of Did town you have a good senior senior bowl i can't remember i can't I don't, remember. apparently I don't know if it's based on your performance at the Senior Bowl. That's what I was maybe, about to ask the criteria. Maybe it's based on what you do after. 
I would imagine it's just one of those things that if you played in it and we can get your name out there, then yeah, I, I, bring I, some bring some recognition I, to the to the bowl I, real quick. I learned there was a Senior Bowl Hall of Fame when that press release came out about Fred. So likewise, that's uh, <laughs> like you said. I don't, I don't know if Fred's. Uh, what color do you think the jackets are? Orange for Reese's. It's got to be. <laughs> that's that's got to be the orange jacket. Right? Makes sense. Listen, Reese sponsors the podcast, and I'll paint the room orange. Yeah, yeah Fred Taylor even issued. I do it for Reese's. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even need money, yo. Just send the products. Yeah, 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 just yeah, send yeah, some, some bags. Boxes. Yeah. Speaking of which, you guys should be getting a box for Manscaped any day now. Anyway, um, Fred Taylor had this to say, um, or somebody had this to say from Fred Taylor. Uh, my experience at the Senior Bowl was a great end of my college experience, and also my first glimpse into the NFL. It was awesome being coached by NFL staffs, and was honored to compete with top seniors in college football. I had many lasting friendships that were made over the course of the week. The experience was priceless. I am forever grateful for the opportunity to play in the senior bowl and honored to be selected to the game's hall of fame. Yeah, he probably ain't right that. <laughs> I, I don't. Was Dan bouncing out I don't there? think that he, uh, they don't mention it. That, you, um, lagged, you lagged a little bit there, Dan. Hmm. Sorry about that. It's a dandy internet over there. That's what. <laughs> that was good, Nick. Um, I'm not sure where I where I started lagging. It doesn't really matter. The quote doesn't really mean much. Um, he didn't do much in the Senior Bowl, from what I can tell either. So, but that's a good well, group. Just, uh, Ken, Ken the Senior Jordan, Bowl Bridget is Wayne. what the kids would say: clout chasing. That's what the Senior Bowl <laughs> is. <doing. laughs> All right. Let's see what else happened uh, before we get the other uh, Townsend brothers on uh, in soccer over in Europe. I don't know if you guys saw the soak. I know you're a big soccer fan. Uh, they announced that they're going to be potentially creating a European super league, trying to go around some of the constrictions that are there for geography and some of the other leagues that are there. Uh, some of the other uh, beat writers and Andy Staples, I know put one out from the, I would athletic. actually like just speak on that. If like soccer consolidated and not have seasons year round, I might be like interested in watching. Because the games no. I do tune in are exciting, but like it's just nonstop. So I don't know where to get in, where I fit in. Well, it's interesting. I, I thought about this. So you see so many sports writers that get into it. Because like when you're working, when I, I cover Florida, like you're not supposed to be cheering for your team. And then you're thinking about like, all right, well, if my Twitter timeline's me cheering for the Heat, like if I ever want to move back down south and cover right. the Heat, like can I get a job? So all these sports writers that like get into European soccer is like, listen, I'm never moving to Scotland oh, to, to so cover this like team. So if I go, so, if I want to go global, I gotta like start liking soccer. Is what you're saying? There you start go. Being a fanboy, I like. Yeah, it. there you go. So I think that's I, where I it, did it hear into, today that I think that's where it got into like the sports that, writers things with with following teams. But I still haven't gotten into it. That's a early Saturday morning. I'm doing other stuff rather than right. watching, you know, NBC. That's the tough part. You have games at like seven in the morning. I'm not sure what league it That'd is. I'm not weird sure if this game matters because they do these things sometimes where it's like a home and home and they do these like their legs and, you know, goals count for more if they're scored at home or, or scored away, whatever it is. It's just a, a lot. And then they're also playing like simultaneous Wait, hold tournaments on. Say what? at the same time. They do what? They do what again? Yeah, they do these things <laughs> where they have like two legs and they'll do – one game at one per or one team's home and one at the other. And if it's tied, away goals, yeah, aggregate goals count more, I believe. Yeah. 
Two. That's like the first qualifier. Yeah, they count for two points instead of one on the aggregate, not as a tiebreaker. So I, I don't know. I'm yeah, yeah. I have no idea what I'm talking they gotta, about. They, they gotta do some more than some consolidating. They got they gotta do some rule changing. Like all that sounds crazy to me. What what we got? What, what are we talking about? You yeah, yeah. Believe. So no, no, that's fine. So if you were to create a super conference um of college football, what are some teams that you think have to be in it? Let's just let's break down Andy's list. Shout out to Andy Staples. Do you want to I talk got, about Andy's I, list? I got, his, I got his list pulled up right now. Okay, perfect. Nick, read it all for us. Um, so he's got what is this? Fifteen? Yeah, fifteen. Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Nebraska, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, USC, Texas. Penn State and right off the rip, I mean, I'm looking at Nebraska and as Oregon. like the how'd you get in here? Oregon makes sense because you, you need some teams out on the West considering, Coast. Considering some of the schools they left off, I don't know how Oregon makes it. Like, it's a lot of it's some blue bloods that didn't make this right. Yeah, we're yeah, the, only, mean, the only team in the state of Florida that made it was the University of Florida. Oh, of course, you got to put yes. the flagship in there. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know, like what are you doing? <laughs> to me, to me, it's, there's, I mean, obviously, you know, a, a school like Nebraska, you've got the history, but like Michigan's also history, but that makes more sense to me. Uh, I, I don't get Nebraska, Notre Andy, Dame. Andy mentioned Nebraska be, because of geographic reasons. Mm-hmm. I, I think what, Iowa you, would be a better pick than Nebraska. What? I, th- I said, I think Iowa would be a better pick than Nebraska. No, Not I that I would you. put them in my list, but. Yeah, I, I think you're throwing Iowa into your super group. No, I mean not, a, be- I a better a better pick than Nebraska is not hard to do. So I agree with yeah. you on that, but I I don't want to see Iowa in it either. <laughs> no. Or Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm good on all that. All right, so who who would you take off? Who's in list? there? That's missing, in my opinion. Hmm. Well, it's tough because you got. You've got, like you said, there's some blue bloods that you think you need to have in there, but obviously there's teams like Clemson, not a blue blood, but who, you know, it's really right now, it's Clemson and Alabama's world, and everyone else right. is kind of just living in it and surviving. Um, I would say that Texas A&M is probably I was about to say really A&M. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like A&M in that mix. Um, hmm. You almost got to leave Oregon. You just think about, like, I mean, who else deserves to be in there? Because you, you got to have some, you got to have teams on the West Coast, you know, uh, right in there. I, I mean, other than I mean, that, I'm not going to watch it because it comes on at like two in the morning or some crazy right. like soccer games. So <laughs> yeah, you I can mean, watch, you can watch your, you can watch Oregon versus Hawaii and then right into Everton versus Man U. That's a yeah. stay up, grab some coffee. What do you, what, what do y'all think about Florida State and Miami not being on it? Which, um, I think, I think what Andy was going for was some geographic yeah. um, things. Um, I think him being a Florida grad may have also swayed that a little bit. Uh, I think when you're talking about national uh, recognition, I think the University of Florida is, has the most national brand recognition of any school in Florida. And I would actually say that I think the University of Miami is number two and then Florida State's number three. I think just Miami is known for for more. Yeah, I like that take. So you, uh, you put, you'd put Florida, Miami, Florida State in terms of getting in. Yes, I think if there was an opening once Nebraska gets relegated down to the to the non super so, yeah, conference, so if, we're, if we're still talking comp, if we're still talking yeah. soccer, I like how the soccer has it, where you've got you know group one, group two, group three, and if you're the last two teams in group one, you're relegated down to group two. The best two teams in group two get to move up. 
Here's my thing. Here's my question. What, 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 if, if this is a super league, super conference, if this is a true thing that's happening, what are the other J- JV programs like Florida State, uh, Miami, and Tennessee that didn't make it? What are they considered? Not super? They, yeah. They're the okay They're, they're like the Ant Man conference. Yeah. Gotcha. That's yeah, but I mean, you, you have to wonder if, 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 you know, and a lot of these sports writers are talking about it, like that they're not surprised. <laughs> that you know there may be one day a, a super conference of college football but so you make a great point like what do you do you can't i mean are you going to have like four different leagues that go down and like could hawaii go on a run and all of a sudden make it out to that super conference wouldn't that be wild you know you have a couple down years i mean yeah. fsu right now i mean oh, they yeah. might one be, of those little <laughs> programs like fsu or hawaii yeah, make a little run little cinderella yeah. programs yeah <laughs> F- fsu is is one losing season away from probably dropping down to that tier three league you know right you um, it's, know it's crazy though because I, I i'm not a big i'm not a big fan of the ncaa in general but once you went to the power five like those the teams in the power five hold all the chips. And if they wanted to just break off and say, listen, we don't need your NCAA sanctioned tournament. We'll just run our own thing and we'll do our own thing. Um, and those, and, you know, if, if those power five conferences left, what, who's watching any NCAA, you know, equestrian, sorry, sorry, ladies or, or guys who are riding the horses, but I'm not watching the NCAA equestrian tournament. Um, so the, the power five hold all the chips and, and, can kind of make the NCAA do and bend the way they want them to. So it's, it'd be interesting to see something like this. Cause then you're talking to, you know, Georgia tech and be like, Hey, sorry. Yeah. We're going to go off and do our own thing, but enjoy the ACC still. Oh, we got some takes, man. We're getting the podcast today. This is what I'm talking <laughs> about right here. You know? Yes, sir. <laughs> well, Nick, uh, I think it's about time for you it's to big. bring on your brand member. So let's give a shout out to our friend Carlton Black. Pardon me, Carlton Black with Cardinal Financial. It's Black, not. Uh, he's licensed in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, and Virginia. He's going to help you with home loans, conventional loans, FHA loans, VA loans, fixed rate loans, adjustable rate mortgages, jumbo loans, and the rest. Construction loans, one time close, uh, all of the down payment assistance loans, anything that you could ever think of with the word loan in front or behind it, give him a call, 404-769-5501, carlton.black at cardinalfinancial.com. 404-769-5501, carlton.black at carlton, at carlton at cardinalfinancial.com. Let's bring on a Townsend. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And we're back. Whole new vibe on the podcast with me. Knew it. First episode. Had to bring on uh, some punters to support the movement. Punters are people too. Johnny Townsend, Tommy Townsend, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, a couple of uh, former Gators and uh, some NFL stars because punters are stars. So uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, for joining us and uh, and kicking off my first episode. Yeah, appreciate cool. you having yeah, thanks us. Thanks for having us on. Uh, let's start. We'll start with Tommy because Tommy was just rookie year. Uh, a lot of guys go an entire career without getting to a Super Bowl, and uh, you're you know 20 games into your into your your NFL career, and you're you're at the Super Bowl. What kind of 
uh, experience did you have just getting used to the NFL and all of a sudden you're in the biggest game uh, in the world? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, obviously, yeah, first year, um, you know, going to the Super Bowl, that's something special. That's not, it's, you know, not something that a lot of guys get to do. I mean, guys go their whole career without doing it. And, uh, you know, I was very fortunate to go to a team that's, um, you know, very good and, you know, previous Super Bowl champions. And then we came back and, you know, tried to run it back and get another ring and make another Super Bowl appearance. And uh, and we got halfway there. But, uh, but, yeah, hopefully hopefully this year we're going to, you know, come back again, come back stronger and get back to the Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience. It was really cool. Um, you know, it's nothing that uh, I've ever, you know, been a part of, obviously. But, you know, a championship game, that's something that I've, I've never really, you know, gotten to experience. I mean, Johnny's played in some SEC championships. Um, I mean, I've played in a few bowl games, but, um, you know, it's just a whole different atmosphere, especially, you know, the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the uh, that's the top of the mountain right there. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it was, it, it was such a cool experience. What was it, what's it like? I was just watching the Dodgers um, get their get their rings, and uh, it was Trevor Bauer's vlog. And, obviously, he wasn't on the team last year, and he's kind of just, like, sitting there watching this huge celebration. What's it like being one of the guys on the 53 that's not getting a ring? And you're just kind of like watching your teammates celebrate something. And you're just like hoping like, hey, let's – I'd like some jewelry too. <laughs> right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so they actually had the ring ceremony for us. Um, it, it was right before the season. I mean, you know, with COVID and everything, I mean, the, all the orders and stuff got delayed. But, uh, but you know, it, that was actually something that was really cool. I, I was able to, you know, sit up in the boxes and, um, you know, sit there and watch the ring ceremony and – um, you know, of course, it, it made me a bit envious, you know, obviously, you know, I want to be there. I want to be down there being part of the ring ceremony, you know, opening up my football ring. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it, it was really cool. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get back there this year. And then, uh, Johnny, you, um, had your kicking and then I think you were, there was an injury or you were out of the league for a little bit. And then all of a sudden you get picked up by Kansas city. And, uh, and and you're on the practice squad <laughs> behind the little brother. What was just the, the process for you last year um, not being signed and then signing and, and then, you know, eventually ending up in Baltimore? Oh, I think we lost Johnny. On his, yeah, on his. I think we're – I think we lost him, All Tommy. Right, let's let's get ahead, back man. to you, but let's get back to you, Tommy. Um, your brother Johnny is, uh, you know, he's a kicker at, at you know punter at the University of Florida. He's doing really well. The fans love him. Um, you're a high school senior, and you decide to commit to Tennessee and then enroll uh, at the University of Tennessee. Talk to us a little bit about how you ended up making such a poor decision, and then what brought <laughs> you around to making a right decision. All right. Yeah. So I mean, obviously, uh, I mean. Florida, I, I was hoping to go to Florida out the gate. Um, and I'm sure, as you all know, I mean, how it works is uh, they scholarship kickers, punters once every four years. And uh, and I was actually on cycle to, to you know, hit the, uh, hit the hit the four years um, at Florida. But um, but uh, Coach uh, Coach Muschamp ended up, yeah, offering Johnny at a, uh, at a high school and you know, Johnny decommitted from Ohio State, and he ended up going to Florida. So that kind of spoiled it for me. And, uh, you know, so the next thing for me was, okay, I want to stay in the SEC. I got to find a school in the SEC. So where's the next best place for me? And, uh, and you know, luckily, like going through the camp circuit and all that stuff, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to pick up an offer from an SEC school. Um, 
yeah, which was Tennessee and was there for a year and realized that's, that wasn't the spot and I had to come back home. And, uh, and, you know, I think, I think that ended up being the best decision I possibly could have made. So, I mean, I got to come back and sit behind Johnny, who was a two-time All-American and, uh, you know, learn from him and, um, you know, pick up some things. And I was lucky enough to fill his shoes and here we are. And Johnny, just how disappointing was it to have a younger brother commit, commit and enroll to Tennessee? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that was just a gut-wrenching feeling to have to, to have to watch your, your little brother in, in that cream school orange. We're losing him. Baltimore, yeah. Baltimore we, need, we need better Wi-Fi yeah, in Baltimore. We need to get Wi-Fi in need to get on. Yeah, I'm, I'm on that Gainesville Wi-Fi right now. and it, uh, I was going to say, you look like you're at the IPF yeah. or something. Yeah. Sure do. I, I, had to come here for, I had to come here for the background, you know. Hey, Tommy, Tommy, real quick, we were talking about the Super Bowl a little earlier. Uh, what goes through your mind after you shank the punt in the Super Bowl? Um, honestly, it all just kind of happened at once. Um, all kind of came crashing down at once. So, uh, so usually at the Super Bowl, you know, you show up a week a week ahead of time. You have, you know, the opening ceremonies, the uh, the dinner, and um, you have a bunch of stuff throughout the week to kind of warm you up to it, and uh, and yeah, just, just kind of get you a little bit comfortable with it. And, uh, you know, we flew in Saturday before the game um, as if it was just, you know, a regular away game. And, uh, yeah, woke up Sunday, and it was all Super Bowl all at once. Um, so, I mean, it, it was very cool, and, you know, it was, uh, it, it was a crazy experience. The game was like nothing I've, you know, ever experienced. It, it was a completely different atmosphere. Um, you could just tell with, you know – mindset preparation of guys and the vibe that they're giving off in the locker room and um the weeks leading up to that um and the game itself it was just it was so different because um it was almost like to me it was almost like a, like a, a party going going on around us you know right. and, and I've, I've never been in an atmosphere like that before you know with the halftime show it's it's basically like a big concert and um there's so much hype around the game and excitement um, you know, it's, it's just a different vibe than, you know, just any other game. And even the playoff games, it was, it was quite different from the playoff games. Do kid do, do punters, do you get like most football players, uh, all football players are different or even positional players, every positional player is different, but do you, do you find yourself do, uh, wanting to be calm or do you get hyped up like before you about to make a play or, or kick? Like what's your demeanor like? Yeah, so uh, so I mean, typical games for me. I mean, I like to I like to be you know very high energy and have kind of right. a mindset you know going into uh, going into punting you know, um, but especially during the Super Bowl and you know since it was it was so much all at once, I was just trying to you know just calm myself down and uh, just kind of like taking the moment, and, uh, just go kick by kick and, uh, and just try not to psych myself too much out you know because I'm a rookie in the Super Bowl, it's the first time I've been in an environment like that. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough place to play. So, um, I was definitely trying to go for, you know, a more, a, a calmer mindset going into that game. Oh, okay. No, I was curious, man. Um, I appreciate y'all boys coming on and hanging out, hang out with us, man. One of y'all had me blocked. I can't remember who it was, man. I may have said some, uh, kicker slammed on accident one day or something, but one of y'all had me blocked, man. Uh, Nick can bring those, a uh, bit, uh, uh, men, those type of fences. So we appreciate having Nick on the podcast. Now. <laughs> yeah. I think that, that that sounds like a Johnny move. <laughs> Listen, if you're blocked, you probably earned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I get it. 
Tommy had to put some conditioners here. He's focused on that more so than me. <laughs> Tommy, I want to ask. I want to ask you guys. So, like, you guys seem like very, very different. Obviously, you look different. You kind of. It seems like you guys are just like different brothers. Um, talk to us a little bit about like what it was growing like. You know, growing up. Like, I mean, I know your dad. You know, was was a University of Florida graduate. Um, very involved with the University of Florida. Did you guys grow up Gator fans. Did you always want to be a Gator fan? I mean, Tommy, I know you had committed to Ohio or uh, Johnny had committed to Ohio State at college, but uh, or at a high school. Pardon me. Um, but talk to us a little bit about about your your growing up together. Yeah, so growing up, well, first off, I'll do this since I'm already getting crap for the hair. Being up, <laughs> I, might well just, I might as well just put it down for y'all, right? There it is. Um, we appreciate listen, that. Listen, uh, enjoy it while you have it. Not all of us have, have long hair like that, and the hairline doesn't stay there the forever. Hair, the hairline falls back real quick. Easy there, easy there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, growing up, I mean, it, it was always super competitive throughout our household. And, um, I mean, I, I can remember time after time I'm sitting there chasing around Johnny and Clay around the yard because we're playing a game. And, of course, they do something to piss me off and, like, <laughs> you know, just cheat and beat up on the beat up on the little brother. And, you know, I get frustrated chasing him around. And, um, you know, I, I definitely think that's uh, that's where, you know, our competitive competitiveness came from is um, – you know, just always being like super interactive growing up. And, you know, that's something that got to take our hats off to the parents, you know, sitting there forcing us to get dressed in the car, like going out to baseball practice. Um, when we're sitting there screaming and crying at like five, six years old saying, no, I don't want to go. No, I don't want to go. But um, yeah, so hats off to them for that. But um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's been awesome having, you know, an older brother like Johnny and an older brother like Clay, just, you know, just constantly pushing us to get better and better. So, uh, you know, it's, it's something that we don't really take for granted. How did you, how did you guys end up as a punting family? Um, so that's, uh, that's, I guess that's a story for Johnny, but unfortunately he's having some technical difficulties, but, uh, I'll, I'll try and explain it the best I can. Um, so I think it was his, his freshman or sophomore year of high school and, uh, and their team needed a uh, their team needed a punter and they had some tryouts and they just kind of tossed the ball to the guys and they were just like you know what just kick it and we'll decide who uh, see who kicks it the furthest and whoever kicks it the furthest gets the job and that ended up being Johnny and uh, and so one of our dad's friends he actually punted and kicked at, uh, at FSU back in the day and uh, so there were a couple times where you know he would go to the field and get some lessons from him and. Uh, and yeah, I, I started joining in as, as Johnny started going through the camps and started getting ranked. Um, you know, I was like, you know what, I can do this too. And uh, Johnny ended up getting some offers. And then I was like, you know what, I can, I can really do this too. If he, if he can do it, I can do it. Uh, <laughs> that's just the, you know, the, the yeah. The Sounds like something you'll say when he's not on the show. Cause you know, <laughs> I get it. Uh, no, no, not, not like that. You know what I mean? It's just the brotherly competitiveness. Like, you know what, he's doing that. Like I want to go do that too. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, next thing we know, we're, we're both in college playing and, um, he's at Florida. I'm at Tennessee. I end up making the move back home to Florida and, um, the rest is just kind of history. <laughs> so did you guys grow up playing soccer or, or what's that? What's that? So how'd you guys end up with, with booming legs? To be honest, <laughs> I think the last year I played soccer was maybe third grade. <laughs> so it just says you guys just a natural, I mean, Talk to us, I mean, because punting isn't a very natural thing, right? I mean, most people don't have, you know, the, the dexterity, I guess, or, or the, uh, the flexibility 
I guess, in their uh, in their lives. We finally got Johnny back on. It looks like he uh, got connected to the internet. Dude, welcome to the twenty first century. It's good to have you back. <laughs> um, it's uh, so so punting doesn't. It's not a, a very normal like fluid motion that like most people have. How do you get to a position where you you learn to do that and um, kind of talk us into to transitioning into being a punter? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think like the biggest thing like getting into it is like it, it's it's also very helpful when um, you have an athletic background and um, and all that. Um, so so growing up in football, I was actually a running back up until up until about eighth grade, seventh eighth grade, um, and uh, I ended up playing quarterback eighth grade and then a little bit freshman year. But I actually got booted from the quarterback position because I'd drop back, I'd see my first read. If he wasn't there, I'd take off running. So yeah, uh, some of those guys made it to Florida actually. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah, they uh, they decided you know I wasn't patient enough for quarterback. They moved me to corner and safety, um, and uh, yeah, played there throughout you know the rest of my high school career. And um, and it was it was about the same for Johnny, except Johnny was a lot better quarterback than I was. He was he had an insane freshman year. I don't know his stats, but. Um, it seemed like I'm pretty sure they went undefeated. We went undefeated. We had at Boone, we had a long history of like our freshman football team going undefeated. Um, but yeah, Johnny, Johnny was a nice quarterback in freshman year. I remember we'd go to the games and he's sitting there slinging the ball around and, uh, and yeah, they, they, they were running up the scores on teams. Johnny can speak on that a little bit more. Yeah. He's logged back in. So I didn't hear the first part, but yeah, we had a, uh, I played a lot of the positions too. You know, I was a quarterback in high school, played some safety. Uh, me and Tommy are both baseball players. Um, I think he mentioned something about how easy it is to translate, um, you know, into punting, being more of an athletic person. Um, it definitely helps. Um, yeah. I, and I can tell you guys are always asking or, or reminding your head coach, like, "Hey, I used to freshman year used to throw a little bit. We got some plays where I can I can I can throw it back here, right? Some fake plays." I seen. Uh, I wanted to ask Tommy about. He talking about tucking in and running. Uh, Dan Mullen gave him the green light to tuck some punts. So <laughs> I wanted to get his uh, his viewpoint of the Miami game and what was it like having that green light to, to just tuck it in and go when you wanted to. Right. Yeah. So. Um, so I mean, we I had one fake. You know, the previous year against Vanderbilt, except we we went straight up the middle. Um, you thought you thought you were uh, a fullback there at the end, at the end of that, <laughs> just dropping the shoulder. Hey, I mean, I'd rather hit than get hit. So, mm. um, but uh, but yeah. So uh, so I mean, we 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 had fakes called, you know, a bunch of times throughout the year, but you know, wouldn't have the look. And uh, and going into that game, it was it's it was kind of something similar. Um, and we ended up calling it on the on the very first punt. And I was like, all right, like let's go. Like if we get the look, like like I'm ready. Let's do it. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna run it, but. If not, you know, I was trying to get in the mindset to punt it away because a lot of the times it gets called off. And, um, you know, our PP, it was, uh, it was Tanner Rowell, and, uh, and, and, and he gave us the call to, uh, to just go ahead and run it. And, uh, you know, ball snapped. Next thing I know, I was like, all right, like, it's go time. Like, I got to turn on the Jets. And, uh, you know, I take a couple steps, and there's already guys, like, breaking through the line. I was like, oh, shit, I really – I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. On yeah, you can say it. Go ahead. <laughs> Only but, for uh, punters. I was, like, I was like, yeah, I really got to go. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I had to turn on the Jets there, and, you know, we got the first down. Um, so Because I mean, that was a spot. You guys were back up inside, I think, your own 20, first drive right. of the game. Yep. Week zero, there was a whole big buildup, and all of a sudden – 
you know, you're you're running. We're thinking this is not. I don't know about this call. This is this, this is deep in their own zone. I was like, man, we need to give him a jet sweep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We were we were, we were a little bit back there, but uh, but I mean, I, I had confidence in it. If Coach Mullen was going to call it, and he was confident in it, then you know, I'm confident in it too. So uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm glad he called it and glad. Hey, real quick, John, I got, real, real quick, I'm gonna let you jump in, Dan. I don't want to hog the mic, Johnny. Uh, do you think there's a difference, um, or what is the difference in in, in kicking for a great offense and in an offense uh, like Muschamp's offense? <laughs> I think there's a couple different ways to look at it. There's um, about you know, 70, 70 punts a year is the difference. That's <laughs> the workload. <laughs> um, I think one of the differences is uh, you can have a higher punt average. Um, you know, the majority of the time, or we'd be three and out, we'd stall out, and, and I'd be punting with a full field. So a lot of the time, it was just kind of swing away. Um, so I think that's why, you know, a couple of those seasons I had, you know, the highest average in the NCAA, two back-to-back years. Um, big deal. And a slower offense and more field to kick to. So it kind of almost played to my advantage to some sense. Johnny, I want to ask you that was on the topic of, of Tommy being super athletic. You you had a uh, a run your rookie year in the NFL where you ran about a four two uh, forty. You were all over ESPN and everything else. What was that? I, he's smiling like he's like I'm athletic too. Uh, what was that? What was that feeling like, man? Oh, it was awesome. That was the first time I've ever got to break away on a fake. I felt like I was a little bit underutilized when I was at Florida. Um, we just never took the risk. I never got to throw the ball. Never got to run it. And um, yeah, I think at the time in the season, the, when the NFL posted that, it was like the top three breakaway plays, like speed-wise, like all season. Um, yeah, I didn't put on the Jets for that one. But uh, it was fun just, you know, being able to run down field like that and, you know, you know pretend to be an athlete again. Just let Tyreek Hill know, like, hey, I don't know if you saw this, but they, they <laughs> clocked me at near 20 miles an hour on this fake here. Yeah, it was like 20.6 miles per hour. Like <laughs> He's like, it was approximately 20.6143 miles per hour. Uh, hey, Johnny, you you were having some tef- technical uh, difficulties before. Uh, we talked to, obviously, we met you when you signed at the University of Florida, previously committed to Ohio State out of high school. Uh, what got you to change, um, and what was your, your first couple of years like in Gainesville? Sure, yeah, I was committed to Ohio State my entire senior season um, of high school. Uh, to Coach Meyer up there, um, he was a you know familiar face to me, just you know growing up a Gator fan, and um, you know I was really happy with the decision to commit to him, and uh, knew he was going to win a bunch of championships. But um, you know Coach Muschamp came around, and he he kind of just uh, you know gave me a, pr- a pretty good recruiting pitch. Um, you know he, he kind of spoke on how um, you know how I grew up a Gator, and I was right down the street. Uh, it was easy for family to come to the games. Um, then he got a little deeper and started talking about how you know where I wanted to ask where I wanted to retire and wanted to work. And I said, Florida. And, uh, and then from there, he kind of spoke to me about how, you know, would I want to graduate and be in a place where all my connections were in the state that I lived in, um, all my friendships were in the state that I lived in. And, and, you know, also be in a state where people, you know, still would, would know me and um, where I could get up the road and see games. Um, if I went to Ohio State, you know, I don't know if I could make it up there and, and watch the Buckeyes. But, um, you know, being an in-state guy, I get to come around and, and do stuff with the university all the time. And, um, you know, now I got a foundation that's going and it kind of running people too. So, um, you know, it's nice to you know play in a state with a team that I grew up watching. So, so Johnny, I want to talk to you a little bit about your foundation? I know this interview is all over the place, but we got a lot to cover here. So, um, talk to us a little bit about your foundation. You're doing something in the swamp this weekend with Top Golf, and there's there's a lot going on. So, talk to us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, I'm fired up about it. To be honest, uh, Top Golf's coming to the swamp, so I'm doing a little uh, event in conjunction with that. Um, I started the foundation when I left my senior year uh, of college, uh, when the NCAA would allow me to, and uh, started doing some work with Shans. Um, I developed some good relationships with them when I was in college through some community service programs and things like that. Um, yeah, and I just wanted to find a way to give back, and my roots were tied to Gainesville and Shans, and um, you know, from there, I just started doing you know, a couple little fundraisers here and there. And but yeah, this one coming up, I'm pretty excited about Top Golf being the swamp, and um, I'm kind of doing like a uh, you know micro fundraiser uh, throughout the course of one week. I just kind of opened up the website, and anybody that donated to my foundation within the week qualified for two tickets to join me and some current players, a couple former players, and uh, one night stay just to hang out in Gainesville. So, yeah. do they get the chance to hang out with you, or did I miss that? What's up? All right. Do they get the chance to hang out with you? Yep, yep. I'll be out there. Yeah, I got a couple tickets and a, uh, I guess a little bay they call it, and uh, going to have a couple former players coming, and uh, some current players are going to join us too as of today. So, pretty good. Tommy, you gonna be there? Tommy's already here. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm yeah, I'm. I'm already up here. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be attending the event. Um, but you know, I, I. I don't. I don't know if this is public or not, or I mean, I'm not sure if. Uh, this has come out, but I heard I heard there might be a salty dog tab there too. I don't know. Oh, very good. <laughs> very good. Let me know when you might guys make it over to balls, and I might join you. It's just a bad, just a bad Gainesville bar take that you consistently put out there about balls, Dan. That's just not a good take. You're dying on the hill alone. That's fine. I, I will die on that hill alone. I, I know Johnny or Tommy got me. That that balls is better than salty dog. They just don't want to admit it for for fear of wrath. It's okay. No, I get we'll, it. We'll be next. We'll be next. I, I don't salty. think I've been to balls. I think I've only been to salty dog. Right. There's no reason to go to balls. I, I okay. will say there's a horrid stench that uh, that that comes out of uh, salty dog. I agree. And I and I, I know that sounds, <laughs> that sounds that sounds wrong, but. That's Dan. Those are, that's Dan. That's, that's Dan's just, spot. That's, I, I, that's just me and Squirrel hanging out. That's me and Squirrel hanging out. <laughs> um, Tom or John, you mentioned it um, as soon as the NCAA you know would allow you because it seemed like you graduated and then immediately you had the foundation. So how how what was the just I guess the genesis of the idea to start something to give back and then how do you kind of get the plans in place when you're not eligible to do it? because of NCAA rules and then, and then get it off the ground. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I kind of came up with the idea to, you know, start a foundation uh, through some inspiration from um, just from relationships that developed with people at Shands um, through doing community service there. And um, yeah, but yeah, going into my senior season was when I wanted to initially start it. And my idea was to tie um, some, st some stats to um, some sort of donations, uh, maybe like, the number of punts I put inside the 20 have people pledged to donate, um, things like that. But the NCAA caught wind of it and um, uh, dealt with our clients a lot. And they said it was, you know, use of my likeness to, to raise money. And that's one thing that the NCAA hadn't allowed. And um, so as soon as, you know, I signed away my eligibility uh, when I was, you know, for, you know, the NFL, I was you know allowed to do all that stuff. So it kind of gave me a jump start, though, to be honest. I mean, I had everything in place and it gave me a full season and kind of let things play out and then really, uh, you know, plan better to kick things off. And we'll give you a little plug here. It's the JT Townsend foundation.org. Um, you got time to get in there. You're still taking donations to, uh, come and swing, swing it with you this weekend. Oh yeah. Yeah. Two days left. And then I'm going to select uh, one of the donors to 
you know, for those two tickets and a one night stay. So yeah, you can also find the link to the giving page and my Instagram bio, my Twitter bio, um, all the proceeds benefit Shanty Pediatric Hospital. So, so yeah, go check it out. Um, Johnny, I want to, want to ask you a, a little bit, um, you know, Tommy talked a little bit about it when you were dealing with some technical difficulties. How did you get into to punting? I know he said that you, you just won a punting competition, you know, just to, to get on the field, but was it something you always dreamed and aspired to be, or, or how did you end up deciding to, to stretch your leg that day? Yeah. I don't think many people wake up and aspire to be punters and kickers. I think please, please don't <laughs> rain on Nick's parade. He's not old enough to. <laughs> to give up on his dreams just yet. Yeah, no, Nick, you still got eligibility left. Four years. Uh, yeah, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm academically eligible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I kind of got into it. Uh, you know, by chance, we. I was out there playing freshman football, and I. I know we touched on it. I was a quarterback, but um, our high school chemistry teacher was the head football coach, and um, he wasn't. You know, the best at making decisions. Sorry, coach Lesnar, but um, he needed somebody to be a kicker. <laughs> And uh, he didn't know how to select a kicker, so he said, all right, whoever raises their hand, come over here and, and just kick the ball. And it, if it goes the furthest, you're our kicker. And we were on the baseball field, and I kicked one, and I kind of caught a little roll and went further than the other guys. And so I got to kick that year, and I had really no kicking background whatsoever or punting background. And um, I just kind of stuck with the guy from my high school from there and kind of, you know, honed the, honed the skill and, and got better. So, so how, how do you get better? Right. I mean, you, you're going up against, you know, lifetime soccer players. You're going up against guys that have been punting longer than you. How did you how did you know that this was something that was either a passion or something that you did well to turn it into something that could get you a scholarship to go to college and and make it in the NFL? Yeah, I think it was, um, you know, a combination of those two things of something that um, I knew I could kind of just do well off the bat. And um, it also took a lot of hard work, too. I mean, it's a very technical position. Um, you know, anytime you pick up a golf club for the first time or you try to do something like that, it can be extremely frustrating. But I think the challenge of, of you know, the nature of learning the position was something that, you know, I kind of like the competitive aspect, you know, kind of going against myself and learning how to do it. And um, it became fun once you got better at it, too. It's just kind of one of those things. But, but yeah. And then – it um when it comes to the NFL, it's a with kickers and punters, it's a, there's 32 jobs and, and and that's it. It's not like you know you're not going to carry seven punters like you would a wide receiver or or, or lineman. Um, Nick would. <laughs> I would. I don't know. I don't know how good my my football team would be, but I got a spot for both of you on it. Um, what what is it like? Just I guess John, you can speak to this. Just learning, you know how cutthroat or, or how tough the business of the NFL can be. And, and got a lot of guys talk about it, but if you're a kicker or a punter, like I said, there's, there's not as many jobs as there are for other positions. Sure. Yeah. I've experienced that firsthand. It's, it's extremely cutthroat. Um, you know, like you said, I mean, there's no backups. Um, they carry one guy and uh, it's competitive. I mean, it's all a timing too. I mean, you've got guys that'll you know be in the NFL for 10 years and that job won't open up or, um, you know, so it's really tough to kind of get yourself in there. But once you do, you have the opportunity to stay for a long time. So, And uh, how excited are you to be back in the league in Baltimore uh, in that purple, the purple and black? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I love it here. I love, uh, you know, Coach Harbaugh and the coaching staff. And um, yeah, I'm starting to get settled in. I haven't really seen much of Baltimore, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Our facility is about 30 minutes west out in Owings Mills. Um, it's kind of out in the sticks. There's not much around here. So, I'm excited to explore Baltimore a little bit this offseason. Uh, but, yeah, I'm happy to be part of this team. 
Um, Johnny, Tommy, I want to want to ask you guys. Um, one of the responsibilities that I know that you both did at the University of Florida, besides punting, was was being a holder on on field goals and extra points. What's it like going through that moment? Um, you know, everybody expects that you're going to just you know hold it well, and, and it very occasionally there's a you know a, a bad snap or a, a snap that goes a, a little bit awry. And what was it like to learn that position? And, and what's that? I guess those those couple seconds like. I mean, is it heart wrenching or is it just so natural at that point? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it happens so fast. I mean, with field goals, I mean, we, we try and get the operation off in under 1.25 seconds. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it, it's a super fast operation, especially it, it might not look as as fast in person. But uh, but, you know, when you're down there, like in the in the holding position and you give the set call and the ball comes to you, it's just like catch put down. Um, and we, we, we've done it so many times. It's such a repetitive motion. Um you know, it's uh, I don't know. I I I don't want to like say anything like jinx myself, but um, no. I mean, I feel I feel like we've done it a lot, and we're we're very comfortable with it. We've been doing it since high school, um, and I feel like the biggest part of it is just having a kicker that trusts you, because um, mm-hmm. that makes it so much easier. Um, and you know, I've I've been fortunate to have kickers that have trusted me with it, and the exact same thing with Johnny. I mean, he's had kickers that have trusted him, and um, and and that's always nice when you know, like I said you know when your kicker trusts you because it, it, uh, it, t- it takes a lot of pressure off. John, has anybody ever kicked you? <laughs> you said, you said, has anyone... anybody kicked you? Yeah, like kicked your finger. or Like I, I feel like this is something that can happen more often. Like, I don't feel like that's a ridiculous question. <laughs> um, I, I, I've gotten close. Like if there, if there was like a, like a low snap or something and you, you have to trap it and then pick it back up and get it down. Yeah. Um, if, if you really don't like pull that offhand off, like, like very quick, um, like there's been times like in practice where I've had the ball, like, like, like Nick, my finger on the way out. Um, but luckily I haven't had it where like, it's like both hands are on the ball and it's just blasted through my hands. Yeah. Johnny looked at me like I was crazy for asking if your finger had ever been kicked. He's just like, what? <laughs> I guess I've never been asked that before, but it, I guess it's not too bizarre of a question to be honest. No. It's yeah, really- you're holding a football and somebody's swinging their leg rampantly around. <laughs> right. Yeah. Rampantly. Like they're not practicing. <laughs> Someone walks out there from the stands and is trying to kick you. <laughs> hey Tommy, um, who has better hair, you or Trevor Lawrence? Who has better hair? Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, I mean, I'm, I I don't know. That that's that's not for me to say. That's not for me to say. Oh, you got to brag some time, bro. Just flex the, on them real quick. I, I get the Trevor Lawrence thing all the time. I mean. I doubt he's gotten Tommy Townsend, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't get the to interview him. Yeah. Did you draw your inspiration from Tommy Townsend? I can see it. Yeah. Bit your Honestly, swag a little I bit. Did, when I started growing out my hair, I didn't even know who he was. Um, oh, that's a flex. <laughs> that's a flex. Who's this guy? <laughs> not, not like that. Like, um, I just like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I just didn't know who he was. Like, I, I don't know. He wasn't really relevant because that was your first year, or that was his first year starting at quarterback. Is when you started growing your hair. Shoot, it's been yeah, it's been. I've been growing it out for about three years, and I guess that's when like he like really came into the scene. So I mean, I I, I didn't really know know much. That was back when. Uh, oh my gosh, who was it? Who was the quarterback that was uh, that was at Clemson before him, and he be, he ended up beating out. 
Um, Couldn't tell you. He was a kid that went uh, to Missouri. Uh, Kelly, Kelly, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, Kelly Bryant. Yeah, yeah, Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant. Yeah, he ended up going to Missouri. Um, I yeah, I I knew I knew him. Um, but uh, I mean, shoot, I mean, Trevor Lawrence is like one of the biggest names in football now, so I I can't compete with that. <laughs> Tommy Townsend one is is one of the biggest names in punting. <laughs> Johnny's right up there with him. Hey, what do you guys like more? Do you guys like booming the ball as far as you can go, or do you like the kind of the coffin corner thing? Um, I think they I both think have different thrills to them. I mean, there's nothing better than just pinning a ball inside the five yard line. There and there's also nothing more fun than just whipping a ball downfield and just really connecting with one, two. They're both very different feelings. But for me, I just love when a ball will stick on its own inside the 10 yard line. I think that's one of the coolest feelings ever compared to just like swinging away on one. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's about the only time like where I run downfield and I'm like screaming, like going crazy as if like, if I punt a ball and like it just hits on the two and just kicks straight up and sits down flat. Like that's one of the best feelings. Um, I mean, that happened this year against the Falcons. It happened against, uh, it happened against Denver. Well, we were, we were playing in Denver and it was snowing and, uh, and I just hit one of those end over end balls. I had a little wind at my back and I hit like an end over end ball. Um, and ended up going like like 56, 58. It hit on like the one or two yard line and skipped straight right. And uh, and one of one of my gunners, Byron Pringle, he was down there and uh, and caught it and took it out of bounds. And uh, yeah, I was just screaming, going crazy down there. Like Johnny said, that's it's hard to beat when you get a ball that just kicks up in the five. So so Johnny, I know that you're a golfer. Tommy, are you a golfer as well? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, big. Golfer. Okay. So, so I know that there's ways to put backspin on a ball or, or to put some roll on it. How do you do it when you're punting? Is that something that that's natural, or is that just something that just kind of happens when the, the just the way that gravity takes it? Yeah, yeah, you just drop it a different way. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I really can't. To be honest, I can't manipulate a golf ball like that. It just kind of rolls where it rolls. But <laughs> with the football, yeah, you, you just drop it slightly different ways to kind of manipulate the contact and, and kind of change the rotation. Um, yeah, when we kick those uh, balls in the red zone that try to tip it up, we drop it more kind of straight up and down, so we're generating that backwards end over end rotation compared to the normal traditional scenario you see us hit in the open field. Right. I got a, a locker room question. Mm. Uh, so, like in 2013, with all the all the injuries, I think it was Dominic Easley. Like, didn't know Christian um, Provancia's name. He was like, "Oh yeah, it's Christian Provolone." <laughs> What's life like in the locker room for the punter? Like other other than you know the time when when your gunner is happy and you're happy that he downs it on the one. What's life like for a, a punter in the locker room? How confident are you that the other fifty two guys know who you are in the locker room? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, like in college, I mean, I feel like me and Johnny were 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 fairly well respected by other players because because uh, guys kind of like recognized we weren't just punters like we were pretty decent athletes, um, but I mean one thing going into this year like I I, I just made sure of is I didn't want to I didn't want to go in there and just be like all like you know all the way out there and cause a bunch of attention to myself I mean because it's the NFL I mean guys I feel like especially during training camp like they really don't get to care they don't care to get to know you. Um, cause so many guys are in and out. Um, so I mean, going into Kansas city, I mean, the one thing, like, especially like going to a team with an all-star team with guys like Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, uh, we had Sammy Watkins, 
um, Clyde Edwards Alaire, Tyron Matthew, so so many big name guys. Like the last thing I want to do is go in the locker room and and try and like insert myself like you know way too much. So uh, so I tried to go in you know you know pretty laid back and uh, and just get the get to know the guys over time. And I mean I'm I'm pretty glad I did because I, I don't I don't want to be the jackass that comes in that everyone that everyone hates <laughs> or off the bat. Oh, and Johnny was the 2015 Florida Gator Offensive MVP. I don't know if that was officially recognized by the team, but I uh, I crowned him that. Um, yeah. With with 83 punts that year. Um, what what is life like for when you're out at Midtown and you say, "Yeah, I'm on the football team." They look at you or they're like, "No, you're not." <laughs> That's one thing I never did. I was never that guy that walked around and tried to make it known. Um, yeah, never going to draw attention to yourself when you're a missing. I'd, I'd have been down in my shoulder pads, like <laughs> <laughs> wearing the jersey out, like it was, yeah, it was uh, the Friday uh, before a home game. Had to borrow my mouthpiece in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me, me, and Johnny have never really been those people that um, that show up in our full travel suits. Oh, I've seen it done before. I've seen guys show up to the bars in their full uh, workout clothes. I can see it. I can see. I can probably <laughs> name some names too. Yeah, It'll save you some time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then one more. We uh, you, you're having technical issues. What you've you've helped raise Tommy for for most of his life, and then as an 18 year old kid, he decides to go to Tennessee. Just how disappointing is that as, as an older brother? Yeah, I actually thought it was uh, you know a pretty exciting thing um, to have you know have him you know choose his own path, and um, I was looking forward to the uh, you know rivalry we were going to have within our family. You know, mm -hmm. Tennessee versus Florida. I thought that would have just been a pretty cool thing. Um, but, um, yeah, I think he made the right choice of coming back to Gainesville and, uh, you know, finishing his career there. But I think we, we played against Tennessee um, 2014, Tommy's first year. His redshirt year? His redshirt year. Um, 20, 2015 in the swamp, yeah. Was that 15? 15, yeah. You're getting old, Johnny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, guessing, I'm guessing mom was probably the one – least happy about it because i mean your parents are at everything and it, yeah. it's a quick drive up uh yeah. plays Orlando. over at the ato house yeah. <laughs> pounding pounding shots before mom's over there at the stadium taking pictures i can see it yeah we, so, we gave them the opportunity to kind of do a uh what do you call it a victory lap where they can go back to college again and spend yeah. what eight years with us going through uh uf football and kind of just uh, live it up again. So yeah, they had a, they had a blast. With all that stuff. I'm sure she was freaking out. Where where are we going on Saturday? Are we flying to Knoxville? Are we driving to Gainesville? Uh, so the coming back to Gainesville probably made Clay and Susan very happy. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I told them a bunch of the time. Uh, you know, most of the games that season, they came out for a few. But uh, but most of the time, I was telling them no, like just like just go to Gainesville, like go watch Johnny play. Like I'm just gonna be sitting on the sidelines, so mm -hmm. you might as well just go watch him play, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, T Tommy, I gotta ask you. Um, uh, we used to have Ahmad Black on the show, and he was number 35 as a safety. You're a uh, you're wearing Eric Lindros's number 88, um, which isn't traditional for a a punter. Um, why? So. I actually didn't choose 88, and okay. to, be honest, to be honest, I hated it for the longest time. Um, but, yeah, when I transferred in, I mean, of course, like, I'm just some, like, random transfer walk-on punter. Like, I'm not going to play anytime soon, and they just slap 88 straight on my back. You know? 
didn't, <laughs> didn't give me didn't give me a choice about it. Um, but uh, I mean, the same thing kind of happened at Tennessee. I mean, I show up and they gave me twenty seven, but I warmed up to twenty seven pretty quick, and I liked that a lot. And then uh, and then I tried to get that when I came to Florida, but they were like, Nah, nah, you're stuck. In the game. <laughs> And, uh, and finally, like when it comes around, like, you know, time for me to play, like, you know, I finally start warming up to 88 and I'm like, you know what? Okay. Like, I guess I can make this my thing. Like it, it's whatever. And like three games into the season, they're like, oh, we're having an issue on, uh, on, on field goal and we might need to put a tight end there. So you're going to have to switch numbers. And I was like, well, like, come on, like why, why can't I switch numbers like years back. Like, why, why are you doing this to me now? Um, but yeah, I, I go in there and I'm talking to coach Mullen and, uh, and I actually felt kind of bad. Cause he's sitting there like, like I asked him about some numbers and he's like, Oh no, not this one, not this one. And he's like, Oh, like how about 36? And of course I like, got the time, like coach Mullen, like, you know, he'd only been there for a short while and I didn't, I didn't know much about how 36 was his number. And I was like, yeah, I don't know about 36, you know, um, there it is. But uh, but uh, looking back, if I would if I would have known if I would have known about his history with thirty six, I probably would have just taken it. But uh, but I ended up going with forty three because I, uh, I I wore that number back in the day in Pop Warner, and I was like, you know what, it's not that bad of a number. I see specialists wearing it all the time, but screw it, I'll just go with that. But yeah. Now you guys are both the same number, right, Johnny? Are you still five in the NFL? I'm six now. Oh, you're six. Yeah, now. I was okay. five for a little bit. I'm six now. Yeah. yeah you just want to let, let let Tommy know you're a little bit better. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit better, dude. I love it, guys. Thank you so much for coming on, um, Johnny. Once again, plug your your foundation, and then Tommy, uh, once he's done, if you've got anything going on, tell people they can follow you on social media and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so we got two days left. Uh, anybody that's willing to donate to the Johnny Townsend Foundation, uh, or all the proceeds go to Shan's Pediatric Hospital. Uh, you'll be uh, in the drawing for two tickets to join me and some Gator greats and some current players in the Swamp for Top Golf uh, next Saturday, the 24th. And um, it also includes a one-night stay. So uh, the link to the giving page is in all my social media bios, Instagram, Johnny Townsend, Twitter, Johnny Townsend One. Or you can just Google Johnny Townsend Fund on Google and it'll pop right up. So check it out. I like it. I like it. Hey, real quick, man, before y'all get out of here, can I get that uh, that kicker tutor number? That, uh, whoever taught y'all how to kick, let me get his number before y'all get out of here. I need a backup <laughs> plan for Junior. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, can, we, can, we can figure that out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got a couple lessons for him. I got him. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, fellas. Thanks for hanging out. I'll follow up and, and plug Johnny's foundation. Like he said, links in his bio, go check it out. Um, but also if you want to, uh, if you want to fund my failing golf game, you can <laughs> on Instagram and uh, I'll, I'll drop my Venmo and uh, yeah, you can, you can shoot me some money for balls, gloves, maybe some new irons. We'll see. I love it. Dude. You guys are awesome. I appreciate your time. Thanks for hanging out with us for an hour. Uh, Johnny, glad, uh, glad you got your connection with me. It was great to hang out with you guys and see you guys again. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to do it again soon. Hey, best Absolutely. of luck, guys. Appreciate, Appreciate it, boys. All right, you guys. Enjoy. The Townsend brothers, Johnny and Tommy. Yeah. We got to figure out how to get some some Wi-Fi up to uh, to Baltimore. He was um so he was in Gainesville, I think, with Tommy earlier today. And then, you know, with the whole OTAs and stuff going on, they, uh, I think he's up in Baltimore. Listen, just, just signed with Baltimore, like week 16 last year. Uh, and, and you're, you're one of 32 jobs in the NFL. Hey, I might be the only one to show up to OTAs, but I'm not losing my job over 
over a no show at uh, at OTAs. Y'all got there early and just you know help prep the field or something. How, this just just unnecessary punter slander. No, no, no. I, I like punters. I'm just saying, like, if I want to secure my spot, I just oh. do a little bit more around the facilities. Help painting. Pick up yeah, some yeah. It's like, what else do you have to do? You know. I mean, what's a couple hours? Stay in shape, you know. Be out in the sun, enjoy the weather. Dude, they got That's a lot of time. It's uh, it's interesting. So they uh, they got their whole punters and kickers do their like football practice. They they're on their own thing. They're right. on their own program. They're not even on the same field until it's like time to specifically practice special teams. So they got plenty of time to do some lifting. Yeah, I mean, we talked to Eric Wilbur about it before. You know, when he was on the show. I mean, they they get they do weird stuff over there because they got nothing but time. Right, like Literally how many times? How many times are you going to kick the ball in a day? Right, like they're playing all these games. I think they said that they ordered pizza one time. I have found that punters seem more cool than field goal kickers. They're they're weird, man. And Eddie Pinero blocked me on Twitter because I because I said kickers are weird. Um, but that's probably, like the whole. Yeah, you, you, you deserved it. Maybe. How how are you the, the the pro kicker guy? And you call him weird. You like the kicker guy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the punter guy. guy. Totally different positions. Oh, okay. Totally different. Kickers got okay. weird, you know. They're, uh, they're superstitious. You, you've got you know one shoe on one foot. You got a soccer cleat on the other one. There's a lot, a lot going on. Punters are just the salt of the earth kind of people. Like somebody you want to have a beer with at, at salt at salty. I can see that, Nick. We might get the, the kickers are weird uh, T-shirt made. That I might be I put it on there. Yeah. I should have worn my punters are people T-shirt. I got to – I got a whole shirt. Should have worn that. How, how does it feel to know that your your entire like existence on Twitter, well, not entire, but a good ninety percent of it, um, has been like taken over by a guy at Barstool Sports? Who's that? What's his name? Pat McAfee. I guess he was a. Oh, he, uh, he was a, he was an actual punter. But, <laughs> an actual NFL punter. Yeah. Yeah. He who, stole your who, sauce. I think he won yeah. a Super Bowl with the with the the Colts with Peyton Manning. Oh really? Do you think he was the reason they won, or probably? Yeah, I can see him. Probably the winner. Um, yeah, I think it. I think I, I didn't originate it. I think I either heard it from him or from Rich. No, no, no. Pat McAfee stole your sauce. That's what. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty like sure. Like I heard him start saying it after. Yeah, right. Pat McAfee Swaggerjacks. stole your sauce. I got Swaggerjacks. What you're saying? Hmm. Yeah. I, think he wears I just want to weird, confirm weird that he stole now too. It is what it is. I think he wears weird socks now too, like you. Weird socks. I mean, you're just full of bad takes. What what did I sign up for? I got Dan Dan's bar takes, your bad sock takes. I'm just warming up, man. You know, that's all. Just warming up. I know you got some slander. Uh, no, that's uh that's that that's to me that's interesting, but I wanted to get from them. And I don't know if we got like the whole truth, but like Dominic Easley, we were laughing. Like he had no idea who the walk-on quarterback was. And I'm guessing, like, if you asked uh, the starting defensive tackle, like, hey, who's the punter? Unless it's like someone who's been around for a while, might not know. Right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Christian Pro, did he really say Christian Provolone? Christian Provolone. That's incredible. Dominic That's Easley had Dominic. no idea who Christian Provencia was. We and he was that. like a snap or two away from starting in that season. Was he before or after all the people on the internet wanted Jacob Guy to play quarterback? Dominic easily didn't know a lot of things though, so I'm not like he thought Bear Bryant was a cartoon character. So he, I'm not surprised at what he don't know. Dominic he easily said that he would rather watch SpongeBob than an NFL game. 
Right. So he's a different type of guy altogether. He's, I mean, he's from he's from New York. They're not watching. What, what are they doing when he's growing up? Watching Rutgers? Like they're not watching college football. He was I don't know what he was watching. He was an interesting cat, man. He marched to the beat of his own drum. That's for sure. He was fun. He was a fun to be a uh, fun guy to be around an interview. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get uh, Luke Del Rio on the show. Super excited to bring him on. As always, this segment of our show is brought to you by our friends, Lee Friedland of the law firm of Friedland and Associates. He's going to help you with auto accidents, medical malpractice, nursing home cases, criminal matters, and personal injury cases. Give him a call 1-800-95-INJURED or visit him at yourfighthourbattle.com. Again, 1-800-95-INJURED, yourfighthourbattle.com. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. And joining us for the first time on Stadium and Gale is a former Florida Gators quarterback, uh, Luke Del Rio. Luke, it is a pleasure to have you on this evening. You've been a guest that a lot of people have requested, so we appreciate your time this evening. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to uh, talk a little bit of uh, Florida football. It's been a while. Absolutely. Well, well, Luke, talk to us a little bit about, you know, kind of your, your, your childhood and you growing up, uh, you know, you, you're the son of, a, of an NFL coach. You, you travel around the country, you know, quite a bit. You end up in Jacksonville for a while. Um, you go through the, the high school ranks and you end up walking on to University of Alabama. Talk to us a little bit about what that experience was like growing up and, and then ultimately how you made it to Alabama and then ultimately your story about how you made it to Florida. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a unique upbringing for sure. Um, moved a lot, you know, unless you're in coaching or the military, can't really know what it's like to, to just move in the middle of a, of a year. Um, even if you do move a lot, you typically get to finish the school year. At least, uh, it was pretty rare where it was a clean break like that for me. Um, I mean, even my, my senior year of, of high school, I was there for like 10 months, not even a full year. So I uh, had offers coming out of, coming out of high school, uh, Oklahoma state, Oregon state, UCLA came in late, um, but I knew who was going to Alabama because I had played with them at the Elite 11 and uh, Cooper Bateman and, and Parker McLeod. And I felt like I stacked up well against them. And I also was drawn to Alabama because their whole thing, the whole recruiting pitch that, that, Alab- that, that Nick Saban in Alabama gave, which he still gives, it kind of went viral um, a few months ago. A recruit filmed it, is basically we're going to win with or without you it's do you want to be here do you want to challenge yourself um to be here and and compete with and against the best so that really kind of drew me in and i decided to forego taking a scholarship at other places that really wanted me and kind of quote unquote earning it at alabama so i go there and i'm seventh um string when i get there aj mccarron had just beat Notre Dame, like 42 to 13 or something crazy like that. And um, after spring ball, I had beaten out Cooper and Parker. So I was like fourth. One guy transferred. Uh, and then in training camp, I beat out another guy. So I was third. And then when we played Texas A&M and Johnny Manziel, which was an insane game, I get told in the locker room right before we go out, hey, if AJ gets hurt, then Blake Sims is going to go in. But – we're really looking to put you in. That's kind of like a to get you ready type of deal. Now, if we're, if we're killing them, then Blake's going to go and we're not going to burn your red shirt. So I didn't know that, but I was kind of the emergency backup that year 
Um, but I still redshirted. And then at the end of the year, they didn't put me on scholarship. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I earned it. I still do to this yeah. day. I feel like I earned a scholarship. You know, I beat out five, five and a half of their, uh, of their quarterbacks. So transferred to Oregon State, was there for a year. Whole staff gets fired there. Mike Riley's last year there. Right. Met my wife there, so that was great. But uh, transferred to Florida, walked on at Florida, knew Jim McElwain from my recruitment at Alabama, and uh, okay. sat out a year, earned a scholarship, and then had my career there. What what was it like to transfer from from Alabama to Oregon State to Florida? All very different culturally. What was it like to assimilate? What was it like, um, you know, in the locker room? What was what was that whole uh, assimilation process like? And, yeah, and how much of how much of your upbringing, I guess, prepared you for that? Just having to move around so yeah. much. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, it definitely helped a lot. You know, when you're moving, you need to make friends quickly. Uh, a lot of people grow up. If it's not in the same town, it's it's usually the same state, at least. Um, and, you know, I, I lived in a bunch of different states. Born in Minnesota, New Orleans, North Carolina, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Denver. I mean, that's just before I got to, uh, got to college. Um, so it, it helped a lot. And having to kind of maneuver the different cultures and different senses of humor that you get, it, it, it helped a lot then and it still helps now. Um, you're kind of forced to grow up pretty quickly. And uh, sports helps with that too. Like when you when you're making friends, you know whoever's on your team, that's kind of it's kind of your friends. So mm. um, Oregon State was was a shock because you go from Alabama, where if you lose a game, it's like a failure of a of a season. Um, we lost. I was on the kick six team, so that was obviously a, a huge a huge loss. And then we we went to play Oklahoma in the Sugar Bowl, and like nobody cared about it because it wasn't the national championship. And that was just crazy to me. But I go to Oregon State where if you make a bowl game, if you just went six <laughs> games, they are fired up. So very different, very different. Got to, got to meet a lot of good people there. Um, the team itself is different. Demographically, you get a lot of polys on the West Coast, especially Pacific Northwest. Um, so that was different. Great guys, loved them. But again, different cultural things that I kind of got exposed to. And then going back to Florida was, was much more similar to what I was kind of used to growing up in Jacksonville and, uh, and at Alabama as well. It, um, maybe too early to bring it up, but it was Florida. When you're the quarterback at Florida, you do a lot of media. Uh, I mean, you're talking to us here in the local media two, three times a week. You've got, you know, you're playing a big game and now you're doing CBS interviews <clears throat> We always thought in the in the in the local media, man, Luke does not want to be here. We can kind of see it like facially and with your expressions. You always gave great answers and you're always gracious with your time. But we were like, man, he's just like sometimes we ask stupid questions and like you'd give like an eye roll. And we're like, yeah, no, that was a dumb question. But what was it just like getting used to? Like you said, you're the walk a walk on at, at Alabama, then you go to Oregon State where they're just happy to have just happened to be on the field and playing football to Florida. And now it's, Hey, the same expectations as Alabama. Um, and I'm the face of the program, at least in the media being the starting quarterback and, and coming out here and doing this all the time. Yeah. You know, when I, when I was named the starter and it kind of got ramped up um, just the amount of attention that you get, it's easy to see it like from a distance as a fan or as a high school recruit, like the amount of attention that you're going to get. But, to have to deal with it like day in and day out, it kind of wears on you. And mm. I definitely didn't handle it. Like looking back, I think like 
I was like a jerk, like the way I handled a lot of those <laughs> questions and just just body language and um, you know, there's no need to be like standoffish with somebody just trying to get like a, a simple answer. Um, so, you know, looking back on it, I definitely wish I handled it differently. Um, I'll take it as a, as a growing pain and all of that. But, um, you know, I think I didn't understand at the time just kind of how much it was going to be, you know, day in, day out, week in, week out. And then you add on top of, you know, if we're not winning or if we are winning, but I'm not playing well. And then there's certain things that get out and certain things that don't, you know, um, performance wise or, or injury wise, things that I'm dealing with that, that, you know, the, the public doesn't necessarily know about. So then you feel like, you know, they're kind of out to get you and they don't even know what you're kind of playing through. So those were things that I had a hard time balancing. And I wish I knew like, this isn't, this isn't just this media doing this. This happens everywhere. Like this mm -hmm. isn't just, you know, they're not out to get me. Um, it's just a part of the game. So I wish I kind of had that perspective um, that I have a little more of now. Wish I had that back then for sure. Well, it's, 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 you mentioned it because obviously we know about your shoulder was hurt, you know, the collarbone, but like you're playing through ankle injuries, knee injuries, and that's stuff that you would love to say, Hey, you're giving me so much crap for how I played Saturday. Here's what I'm actually going through. But then the coaching staff doesn't want that out. You know, Hey, we don't need our next opponent to know that. Uh, and that's stuff that, you know, we in the media, if we had gotten that information, like, hey, Luke Del Rio's playing on a, a sprained MCL. That's why he's not doing this or doing that. But there's some stuff, like you just said, that doesn't get out in the media that would make someone say, oh, okay, well, that makes sense then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, it, it comes with the territory. You know, I, I shouldn't have uh, – you shouldn't try to play the victim in that way, I don't think, especially like, like where I'm at now uh, with Washington – a guy that could make any excuse and people would accept it last year, Alex Smith with his leg. I mean, he, he could have easily used that as a kind of a crutch whenever he wanted to, you know, if he missed any type of throw and he never did. So um, being able to see that example last year, kind of the most extreme example mm -hmm. that you see of it um, and how he handled it, you know, it takes a special type of guy to be able to, to, handle the amount of pain and kind of, you know, limitations that, that his leg was putting him under and still win games. So um, I'm impressed when I see people that I know are playing through injuries, um, be able to sustain the performance and sustain just kind of their, their person, you know, um, their, how they handle people, the media, teammates, coaches, friends, professors, any, any of it. So uh, it's, it's very impressive to me because I obviously, you know, wasn't wasn't very good at handling it. Oh, I mean, you were 20, 22 years old. I probably would have handled it worse. But uh, I think we also forget that just the the age and everything that's going on. You've got a social life and school and meetings and all this stuff, and uh, it, it's hard because you just see a lot of people just see well, that's the guy that's on TV wearing the helmet of the team that I like, and you forget everything else that kind of goes into it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Luke, I want to ask you about uh, your, your time in Florida. Um, talk to us a little bit about that experience. You dealt with some injuries. You, you dealt with, you know, an offense that, you know, a lot of fans just kind of seem to bemoan. And, you know, I'm curious to see what your experience was like as a quarterback and as a player on that team uh, and as a leader on that team, uh, what that experience uh, was like for you. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah. I wish I enjoyed it more in the moment. 
it's easy to get wrapped up in how much you're dealing with and how much anxiety you have week to week. Just, you know, everybody's watching your performance. Everybody's watching you at practice. Everybody's watching you in the game. And even if you win, you better play well. And that's why I loved playing in the SEC because it, it really, it matters to everybody. And uh, I remember I was in a, a public speaking class that was required for my major. And I, and I played against North Texas and I got my knee hit. And I mm-hmm. my MCL and I showed up to class the next day or, or the next day we had class on Monday and I was in like a straight leg brace and crutches and people were like, I can't believe you're like the same guy that I have class with that I just saw kids like it. You know, it kind of it kind of clicked for for some people. I remember that pretty vividly. Um, yeah, it's easy. It's easy to forget when you see somebody playing with the logo of the team that you. Yeah, that there's somebody behind it. Yeah, there's a person. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm upset. Yeah, I'm upset that no, no, none of your classmates hit up my DMs and was like, "Hey, Luke is in a straight leg brace. <laughs> this needs to be a story." Nick needs better source. I, I need. I need. I need better informants in class. Is what I need. Yeah. I think it helped my grade in that class, so um, it ended up working out. But um, yeah, and you know, college is a is a is an awesome time. It's a lot of fun, but it's also, you know, it's that it's that age where going through a lot of personal growth and kind of finding out who you are and what you like to do and all of that. And then you throw on top of that, you know, sports and highly televised, you know, publicized sports at that. Um, you know, it's tough. It's tough. But going back to the offense that we played in, it, it's funny because my freshman year, Nuss was there at Alabama and they just rolled everybody and put up 40 plus points a game. Um, they were scoring like, like the Alabama team did this year. Not quite as much, right. but scoring a lot. It was different, though. It was more pro-style, more multiple. Um, and I just think, honestly, I just think we were a year or two too slow to adapt to kind of the spread scheme that everybody else had. We were still a little a little pro-style, and uh, we saw other teams doing it. We saw other teams going to more spread. It was working for a lot of them, but it wasn't working for everybody. It wasn't like a slam dunk. Why aren't you doing this? Um, and Nuss had had so much success doing it. He had really good offenses at Alabama. So um, I get looking back, it's like, oh, my God, how do we, how do we even run that? Like, that's, right. that's hard to look at. But in the time, it was like, hey, this this has worked. Like, really recently um there's there's a point where you need to adapt and obviously do what puts your your players in the best position to succeed but also do what you have confidence in and you have experience doing so there is a balance there um but i tell you what dan mullen's offense looks like it's a lot of fun to play in um, I'm really impressed with the job that he's done there. So, so Luke, I wanted to ask you, what, what do you think it was about the Nuss five? So, so obviously, you know, Nussmeyer had a successful career at Alabama. Um, you know, still coaching in the NFL. Jim McElwain was well known for his offenses at Alabama, Colorado State. You know, he's doing fine up in Central Michigan. I don't remember how he did last year, but at least the year before uh, COVID. Uh, what do you think it was that didn't quite work for for the two of them at uh, the University of Florida? Yeah, I don't think it was any one thing. Um, you know, obviously that quarterback could have played better, but um, <laughs> other than that, you know, I, I don't really know if it was any one thing. You know, it's hard. It's hard to go back and say, "Oh, if we just did this this better. If we just hit 
you know, more post routes, if we just block better, if we just had a better run game, it's, it's all of that, to be honest. Um, you know, I played with Kadarius Tony for a year and you see him, he's probably going to be a first round draft pick. So it's not like we didn't have talented guys. Um, and I know that those guys are good coaches. I mean, Nuss is the quarterback coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Um, you, you know, you don't get that unless you're a good coach. So, um, I don't know. It's hard to, it's a good question. It's hard to kind of say. Yeah. So, so go ahead, Nick. Um, I, I thought and, and it probably became more clear to me in, in 2017. I just think that um, Jim didn't understand the fan base and the expectations because in his mind, hey, I was brought here to compete for SC championships and first year, get there. Um, and that's a competitive game with Alabama. Second year, get there, not so much. And then it's just, the fan base is turning on him. And to me, he, I just didn't think he understood. He's like, why are why do they hate me? Why are they angry? Why are they mad? We're getting to Atlanta. That's what I'm here to do. And I think it was just he didn't understand the the hate that he was getting because in his mind we're we're doing what we were brought here to do. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's hard because Florida Gator fans are the best. I mean, they are so passionate, so loyal. Um, I definitely had my spats with a fair amount of them. But where it gets frustrating as a player and with Mac is okay. You just brought me in. I won 10 games. We made it to Atlanta and it, it's always like, okay, what's next? You know, with Mullen, like he won, I think it was nine games and then 10 games. Um, he's been winning a lot since he got there. And I keep seeing things every off season where it's like, is this, is this Mullen's year where we need to move on or something? It's like, you have a great coach. Like what, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> the grass is not always greener. Um, just because it's not a national championship every year doesn't mean it's a bad – I mean, I'm telling you, look around the country. You could be at so many different different spots as a, as a program, and I understand high expectations, and I have them too. Trust me. Yeah. I, got a, I got a few questions, uh, Luke. Uh, Go ahead. During those 10, we're talking about the 10-win the, the season. Did you guys get to enjoy those wins? How, how were the good seasons? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. Um, really talented team. And I wasn't playing that year because I, I had to sell because I transferred. But really fun team, talented team. And, yeah, yeah, we enjoyed the wins for sure. Okay. What, what was the, the – the, um... The part the, 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 around the time when McIlwain, uh the death threats came out, like what what was that like uh, at, from the player a player's perspective? Yeah, it got weird. Um, I was hurt. I had a broken collarbone then. Um, it happened really fast. Like it was like we were winning, and then all of a sudden we lost a couple. I got hurt. Like four seniors got hurt for like the year against Arkansas uh, the year before. And then, um, sorry, I'm getting the years mixed up. So we played Arkansas, and like four or five of us got hurt for the year. We were done. I come back. Max still there. We start Felipe. I get put in, break my collarbone. And then all of a sudden, we win that game. I remember we win that game, and I think we were 4-0 or something, or 3-1 and because we lost to Michigan in the opener. And we lost maybe one or two more. And I remember the fan base kind of got – kind of fed up and and Matt could have done more to kind of stay positive or say the right things. And, you know, I don't think he helped himself out in, in every 
situation where he could have. But um, and then leading up to the Georgia game where it got ugly, you know, you heard the death threats thing. And then once you see, I've always said the media fires you before anybody else does. Once the media turns on you and decides, like, we need to get him out. Once I started seeing buyout on Twitter, it's like, ooh, this might get this might get ugly. And unfortunately, it did. And I don't think I don't think a lot good comes from firing your coach mid-year. I get you get a head start on uh, the coaching hiring process, but I guarantee there's plenty of of ads that wait till the end of the year when they know they're going to mm-hmm. have to coach halfway through the year. So. Uh, I didn't really agree with the timing of it, but you know, it's a results business, and you got to win. Right. Why? Why do you think they couldn't get it going? The offense. Um, of course, there were some wins there. Uh, as we can see, the talented players that are, that are going to the NFL draft now, uh, he recruited and evaluated decently. Uh, so, what do you think went wrong for those guys, Nuss and, and McIlwain? Yeah, I mean, going back earlier, I don't. I don't think it was really any one thing. Um, think it was just a collection of things and they kind of fall uh, like they do at a lot of places. You know, I couldn't really point out one thing though. Got except, you. Uh, go, go, go ahead. ahead. Go, no, you good. Go ahead. Well, it was, he said if, if the quarterback played better, <laughs> no. we'll, we'll <laughs> for sure. For sure. What was it like when you know, when you first uh, stopped playing ball, you was covering um, the Gators for a little bit. What was that experience like? Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I was up in uh, New York City working in a fintech industry. It is as boring as it sounds. Don't do it. Um, living in a tiny apartment with my then fiance and my yellow lab, who's actually right here. And um, I just kind of started doing it. I remember the whole Kaepernick thing was going on, and I wanted to kind of give my take on it. Um, and it kind of it didn't really blow up, but I got more attention than I expected, and I realized I enjoyed it. And so every day at work, I was looking forward to lunch because that's when I would go live and, and talk about it. And I remember my boss pulled me in. He's like, you're doing a fine job, but, you know, whenever I bring up sports around you, like you light up like you never do doing your real job. So, you know, have you thought about getting back into sports? And um, that kind of led to that. And I gave it I gave it about 50 episodes and I realized, you know, it might be something I'll do again one day, but um, it wasn't, it was a little too surface level for me um, because I had played and I had grew up around it. I just knew that there was way more that you can't really openly discuss. Um, I'll equate it to like, I took calculus in college. It made no sense to me and I'm good at math, but calculus made no sense to me. You can't try to talk calculus to somebody that is learning times tables Right. It's similar to that where like I, I could go deep into into football, but like, you know, it's not really good conversation. One, it's not really fun to listen to if you don't really understand some of it. So you, ha- you just had to stay so kind of hot takey and, and the main topics. And if I was in the media right now covering the NFL, like I know they can't wait for the draft to come because they have just been belaboring every single topic over and over again. So I enjoyed it, but that's kind of why I got out of it. Luke, talk to us a little bit about your new role. You're a quality assurance guy or quality analyst with the, the Washington football team. Uh, what, what's that role consist of and, and where do you see your career kind of going from here? 
Yeah, so I'm a offensive quality control, and that is a wordy title. It basically, I help the entire offensive staff. Um, you know, I break down film. I, I present the scouting report to the entire offense, but we have a pretty big staff, so it's kind of unique. Um, I get to work with quarterbacks, so uh, in a way, I'm an, I'm an assistant to the quarterback coach and the offense coordinator. Help with game planning, make it you know, put all sheet. Um, I'm, I'm one of the guys that does, and then you know coordinate scout team and really the smaller little things that that the quarterbacks need during the week to prepare. You know, I make those for them. So that's kind of my role. And, you know, eventually the next step would be quarterback coach. And then after that, offensive coordinator, that's kind of the line that it goes in. But, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it, learning a ton. Um, got really lucky to have Alex Smith, who's played for, you know, seven years before he retired, which, uh, you know, I was, I was happy to see that he did because he proved everything that he could have yeah. done last year. Um, really, really happy for him. But, um yeah, and then we get Ryan Fitzpatrick this year, who's played for 16 years. So yeah, I've got to be Dolphins play. legend. Yeah, yeah, he's a uh, he's a very good guy and 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 a Harvard grad. So yeah, he's uh, he's on the brighter side for sure. Whenever you meet him, just let him know you went to the Harvard of the South. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Harvard of the South, Stanford of the East. That's right. <laughs> That's right. What um, it, it might be hard, you know, when when you're in a situation, kind of like we talked about, you know, when when you're at Florida, but have you thought about how cool it is with, you know, how when you're growing up, how busy your dad is working his job to, to be able to go to the same office as your dad and, and to travel the country and to, and to have these experiences with him? Have you had a chance or a moment that was like, man, this is really cool. Like I'm going through this in the beginning of my career and I'm getting to do it with my dad so closely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really fortunate. Um, to be able to do that. And actually last year, so we, we got here in like late January and then we were here for about a month before we got sent home. Everybody was in lockdown. Right. So I actually, when we came back, we went straight into training camp. So actually my wife and I actually lived with my dad last year because it was like, Hey, I can't find a house right now. Like we're in season. Like mm -hmm. <laughs> I can't do this right now. So, um, got to spend a ton of time with him. I see him every day. I don't work with him because obviously right. he's on defense, but it's it's probably better that way. We get to kind of bounce ideas off of each other, and we never really compete in that way. Um, but it's been great. You know, I'm really, really lucky, one, to just have a job in the NFL. Like, I trust me, I understand how difficult it is to get a job in the NFL. And then, two, to be with my dad is very unique, very unique, and uh, – very thankful. It's really cool. Well, Luke, I mean, I appreciate you you coming on the show tonight. Um, talk to us about where we can follow you on on social media, uh, where Gator fans can can follow you and kind of keep up with your uh, your next stage of your career and your life. Yeah, I tell you what, I used to have this down. Like when I was doing my, <laughs> my dropback podcast, I could like spit everything out in like twenty seconds. Um, to be honest, I, I'm really not that active anymore okay. um i got married congrats years ago and uh other than pre-game photos with my dad okay i've posted twice oh man okay um i just i see more negatives to it now than anything. yeah and i'm not i'm not just speaking. sure trust me i'm not just speaking in the football fan sense i'm not a player anymore like it doesn't bother me um 
but with everything going on, I find it much I more get peaceful it. to kind of stay off. Um, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna anger about half the people, no matter what you say. So, um, real yeah. quick, real quick, what do you think about? Um, are you following the Gators right now? What do you think about the quarterback room? So I don't know any of them personally, but I do know of them, if that makes sense. Um, obviously, Emory has played in a lot of games, but he hasn't started any games. And I've heard good things just talking to people from, uh, is it Richardson? Anthony Richardson, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then they actually have another Del Rio there now. Uh, right, right, right. Carlos Del Rio, right? Yeah. yeah, it's a cousin or something. Yeah, yeah. Long, long, long. Once or twice removed. Right, right. <laughs> I've seen but, a resemblance. Uh, yeah, yeah, uncanny, right? Um, so I don't know. Uh, I think it's going to be closer than people think. Um, obviously, with Emory, you play in. I'm guessing he's playing over probably 20 games. You would think, oh, he's next up, but I would expect. Has he played in 20 games? Time. I don't think he's played in that many games. That's all the games. Maybe. Or at least I mean, 10. I mean, he's every game that I've watched. He's been there. I mean, I think he's at least taken a snap. Um, might not be. Oh, for sure. No, he's played some important downs for sure. Um, so he's got he's got a lot of experience for never having quote unquote started. Right. Um, whereas the other guys, I, I don't know if they've ever taken a snap. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see it. I, I think it'll be a important year because they lost a lot of talent, you know, especially on the offensive side. So. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested and I'll be watching. You got 24 games played. Luke's on it. 24. There he is. And real quick, before we get you out of here, we didn't even ask about, about Kyle Trask. Obviously, the, the year that he had um, and, and you were on uh, on campus, shared a locker room with him. And um, at some point, we're probably in the media thinking he might just be happy to be here. And hey, man, be real, to- real quick, let's give Luke his roses. Luke had said out the uh, – when, when the Franks started faulting a little bit and it got a little weird that uh, Dan could possibly lose the fan base if he didn't uh, bench Franks. He I remember lot, that. He caught a lot of heat for that, but I'm, I'm going to give him his flowers on that. And <laughs> I can't. He's he a little bit ahead of the curve. I remember I remember the blowback on that. That was not smart. But, um, yeah, I just – you know, I'd been with Kyle for two years. And, I mean – the maniacal work ethic that the guy has and the type of person that he is. And, you know, to never start a game in high school, to just be like the relief pitcher on third down when De'Aaron King was in, um, was really unique. It was like Matt Castle-ish, but but high school version. And um, he was really talented. I mean, you guys, you guys saw this year and last year how talented he was. Um, and I didn't think that there was this huge gap between him and Felipe physically um so i knew even if kyle wasn't the starter if he was the backup or or even scout team i knew that he was going to be working and getting better and i was so happy for him to watch him play the way that he did and succeed the way he did i mean through 43 touchdowns i think that's insane he went crazy Um, so really really happy for him we actually talked to him because we're you know prepping for the draft and it was great to see him again i hadn't seen him since Saw Felipe as well, and uh, it was good to catch up with those guys. If you put your coach hat on now, what what was the reason? Because Dan, you know, Dan got a lot of credit, but I was like, hey, Dan didn't choose to start Kyle. Felipe got hurt, and then Kyle kind of just took it. If you put your coach hat on, what 
kept Kyle from earning a starting job either when you were there or after you were gone, and it was still Felipe then. Yeah, it, it's hard. Okay, so like practice wise, they, they both look good. Uh, Felipe actually probably looked a little bit better. Kyle was always just a tick too slow in practice, and it's hard to speed up unless you play in games. Mm -hmm. It's hard to realize like how little time you have. So they were always like close in practice, and then they're like, well, we've seen Felipe do it in games. Like we've won games with Felipe. He is physically, you know, some guys, they get in the game and they just freak out and they just can't play. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as a coach, it's like, we know he's not going to freak out. We know we at least have something with him. Um, it's, it's hard to turn in that known commodity for a guy, you know, that you haven't really seen a lot of film of. Go with the one you know instead of, uh, instead of the unknown. Yeah, unless it's, I mean, if it's, a, if it's a big difference, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But if it's close, then. Yeah, yeah, keep in mind, like he said, he was coming off the bench in high school. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep, yep. The cr- crazy story. That's I mean, like you bring that that's to a Hollywood wild. producer. That's, that's, a, that's like, no, a Disney. Yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't even make a movie. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah, right. man. Well, if they ever make the movie, we know that Luke's got a spot in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just want a cup of coffee on that set. <laughs> Dude, I love it, man. Well, well, best of luck with everything, Luke. We're excited. Hope we'll, we'll hopefully have you on in the future, man. But we really, really appreciate you chopping it up tonight. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Appreciate the time. It was good to talk to you. You got it, man. Good luck. Best of luck with everything. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Luke. Have a good one. All right, brother. Yes. Luke Del Rio. Luke, unblock a good him. I might unblock him now. Yeah, I think so. You're going to unblock him back? I think it's time. I think that was a really good, solid interview. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I think I'll unblock him. Was that like the, the therapy session you think that Luke and Gator Nation needed? I think a little so. balance. See, like the Townsend unblocked me, Johnny unblocked me. So I think it's only right that I unblock Luke, you know, you balance the world out. Yeah. So yeah. it's balanced. You get you get back what you put in. We was talking about the quarterback room. He brought up Anthony Richardson. I want to ask y'all a quick question. Yeah. Who's the best Gator football basketball player? What did that question elicit from that response? No, we were just talking about the quarterback oh, room, Anthony Richardson came up, and I was just I seen him crossing over and dunking. Oh, over oh, the oh, they got you. Percy my brain used to went ball. to back when we were back in high school. used to who? Was in school. You said who's the best basketball f- football player? Yeah. Um, all time, like not right now, just you know. Yeah, you per- Percy was good. Percy was. CI was pretty good, right? Yeah, CI was a basketball player. One like. Uh, Who's who's some guys like Gert, like Dexter is a guy who didn't start playing football until his junior going into his senior of high school because he was a he was yeah. a hooper. Um, I think Reese or Sharp too, maybe Sharp was. Um, I don't know. I, I, I remember I'm sure Sharp was. We were at a, um I can't remember what year it was. We were at Southwest Rec playing, and Percy and a bunch of the other guys were down on one of the other um, one of the other courts, and. If Percy Harvin's playing, it doesn't matter if you're in the middle of the game. You're like you're keeping an eye on Percy Harvin playing, and he went up for either a dunk or, or a layup, and he came down on somebody. And this is in, in during football season, came down on somebody's foot and rolled it and went down on the ground. And the entire place stopped. Every game stopped, turned just to see what happened to Percy and do we need to beat up the guy that put his foot out that that rolled Percy Harvin's ankle. Um, 
he was just a freak athlete. There's so many, there's so many guys like you, you ask that question. So, but there's so many guys that you'll look at and you'll be like, Oh yeah, he's a defensive tackle. And then you see him do something. And you're like, how does someone right. 285, 300 pounds move that way? Like these guys are unbelievable athletes, regardless of, of position. You sound like me. Hmm. Yeah, I can see see the resemblance for sure. (laughs) I think that C.J. Hawkins kid that comes in will probably be the next great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a hooper. He's a four. Like he's he's a uh, a recruited basketball player. I mean, it's got to be C.I. though, right? Like he played on both. Right. Big physical dude. Probably could have gotten a scholarship to UF playing basketball. Obviously played full. You know, played football. I'm gonna go C.I. That's an easy answer though. Yeah. I'm sure there's some like, you know, like slot wide receiver that that ran a hell of a point. You know what I mean? All right, Silk, take us into the brunt uh, ad read. Let's get through the Gator News of the Week here. Shout out to my man Greg and the great folks at Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, my man Greg can take care of you. Whether it's your life, your home, your car, your boat, any. Your boat, you got renter's insurance, anything you need insured, my man Greg could probably make that happen. Uh, be sure to visit bruninsurance.com or give him a call at 954-589-2204. Big coverage, big policies. I love it. I love it. All right. We got a lot of news of the week this week, so let's run through it real quick. Uh, the Florida Gators today announced some football tickets are on sale, a little three-pack action going on. Uh, you can choose from the Tennessee, Vanderbilt, or FAU, or Samford game for 120 bucks. You can get the Alabama, Vanderbilt, and either FAU or Samford for 180 or get that FSU Vanderbilt FAU or Sanford. I'm sending a trend. Uh, I'm seeing a trend here. here yeah, yeah. Uh, for 150 dollars. Uh, so choose either Tennessee, Alabama, and FSU, and determine if that's worth 120, 180, and 150 dollars. Shout out to Brett Hagee and Donovan Steiner, who were both named to the NFF Hampshire Honor Society. Uh, which is a part of the National Football Foundation and the College Hall of Fame, our College Football Hall of Fame. Honorees are comprised of college football players from all divisions uh, of play who each maintain a 3.2 GPA or better throughout their career and are in a starter or significant contribution role. So shout out to both of them. Florida baseball goes 4-0 with a win over FSU. Three wins over Missouri over the weekend. Garrett Milchin and Jack Leftwich combined for 12 strikeouts and allowed just three hits uh, when UF played FSU. Kendrick Kaleo. Come on, Dan. Come on, Dan. You got it. You got it. Come on, Dan. Callie Lauo. Sound it out. Kendrick Kalalau. Kalalau. There's that that I in there throws it off. Kendrick Kalalau. I still think uh, you got it wrong, but go ahead. Launched a uh, walk-off home run, so Florida could be number 24 Florida State, three to two. Tommy Mace was named uh, one of 45 players to USA Baseball's Golden Spikes Award midseason list. Nick, I got a quick question. Does that go for high schoolers too, or is that just college? No, that's just college. Okay. Yeah, that's like the uh, player of the year award for college. Actually, Mike Zanino was the last Gator that won that back in, I think, oh. 2012. No. Oh. Mike Zanino was the first. Oh. In 2012, um, Logan Shore won in 2015, and Brady Singer won his junior year. They've had oh, three. Very, very good. The Gator facts. This is, this is Gator baseball facts here. Heavy. But brought by Nick Delatore. 
I appreciate that, Nick. Uh, Gators Women's Golf placed ninth in the SEC tournament. Uh, Gators Gymnastics finished fourth uh, overall in the country, right behind Michigan, Oklahoma, and Utah. That was Florida's 17th NCAA final appearance, so congratulations to them. Florida Gators Lacrosse beat Vanderbilt 22-9 to clinch at least a share of the AAC title. They're 11-2 on the season, 8-0 in AAC play. Brianna Harris won her second straight attacker of the week. Shannon Cavanaugh, fifth midfielder of the week honor. And Kara Trumbetta rounded out Florida's honorees on the honor roll, her fifth time doing so this year. Florida Gator softball is 2-2 two and two with a midseason loss to our mid, pardon me, with midweek loss to number 24 UCF, but then they took Two of three against Alabama, the number three team in the country. Florida Gators men's swimmer Eric Fries officially made the German Olympic team in the 100 freestyle relay, so congratulations to him. Uh, Florida Gators men's swimming coach Anthony Nesty was named the SEC men's coaching – our swimming coach of the year, pardon me, for the third straight year. And with the departure of the women's coach last week to South Carolina – he was named Florida's women's coach as well. So congratulations to oh, Anthony God. Nesty. And we will be getting him on the show this summer. And Gators volleyball is headed to Elite Eight. Um, after beating Ohio State, they are literally playing against Wisconsin right now. They're down, they're down two to one, two sets to one. They're in the fourth right now. They're in the fourth, and the Gators are winning 15 to 14. So whenever you hear that, that is when – uh, we recorded the show. And finally, if you're one of the unfortunate <laughs> folks, I mean, if you're one of the folks, pardon me, that lives in Jacksonville, uh, 1010XL <laughs> just became the official broadcast home of Florida football, men's basketball, and baseball. So if you live in Jacksonville and you don't have much to do, come into <laughs> 1010XL, uh, bro, the official you, broadcast home. You're never going to be allowed back in that city. Well, I don't know what you're going to do for the Florida Georgia that's, game. That's fine. Don't plan on ever being there. You got to find your own tailgate because, man, your block going to be hot. That's fine. I'm here for it. Nick, what's Dan's beef with Jackson? I don't know, man. I don't have any beef. It's just fun. It's just a running joke. All right, boys, I'm going to let you take out this podcast. I got a small little thing I got to handle. Love you, boys. Hey, Nick, All glad right, to man. have you, brother. Hold it down, man. See you, Dan. We got to start doing some uh, deep baseball takes, Nick. I told you, you need to get Junior out there. He don't like baseball, bro. I can't force him, man. I'm just letting him kind of do his thing, whatever sports he want to play. But right now, it's soccer and basketball. We're going to see what flag football goes like this week. He gets his first practice. Is this the first year for him for, for flag football? Yeah, yeah. I've been letting him just gravitate towards it on his own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, what, what about there's a lot of dads now or parents talking about won't let, you know, with all the CTE stuff come out, like won't let my kid play um, tackle football. My dad had a uh, like in Pop Warner had a, a friend of his um, paralyzed from, I think, like the neck down because of a bad tackle. So I, I didn't play tackle football until my freshman year when I got to high school. Um, and at that point, he was like, well, I can't stop him anymore. Um, would you let it? You let him play tackle? No time. So we're gonna do this flag for a long time, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he needs it. You know, I think like at that age, just looking at how little he was, I played tackle at that age. Actually, I started at nine. He's he's gonna be um, younger than I was, but I started at nine, and just looking looking back and remembering it, man. Like just too 
small to really do what you need to do in pads. You know, mm -hmm. um, if you do it, you do it, but you just need to pick up the skills. I think flag, you can pick up the skills and, and, and learn the game for flag and, and avoid that contact. You know better, you do better, man. I can't have him just banging his head around for no reason right now. That's true. That's that's why that's why it's baseball, and like that's what uh what what Tommy said. He said you know play running back and just decided I'd rather not get hit. Right. That's tough. I I couldn't imagine like starting a football career now and being like, yeah, I'm gonna play running back. Yeah, he just know like football ain't no savior for him, so he, it's just not something he has to do, man. He's a talented mm -hmm. kid. He can do a whole lot. He's smart. So it's just not like it. Just if he wants to do it, it's fun, cool. We could do this thing, you know. Um, I'm there for motivation to push him, but we ain't got to do this, bro. How the how are the workouts going? I, I peep those. Oh, amazing! On, uh, on I Instagram. mean, he loves like he does track. That's one of the things. Um, he don't love to do it, but I make him do it because just being strong and fast and and all that just you know works out for for any sport. So I keep him in in track and training, so he enjoys that. But the last year or so since the pandemic hit. We haven't been able to play any sport, so he's excited to get back to just play anything right now. And flags the first thing that opened up. Okay, and that was such a big thing for me growing up too. I think it's, uh, I think Luke said, just like that's how I learned like how to make friends. Like you're just in, on a team, right? That's whether you you play professionally, eventually, or collegiately, or not. Um, you just learn so many social skills at that age, and and just how to interact with with people your age and and deal with success, failure, all that kind of stuff through sports. Absolutely, man. Let me do this Manscaped read. Shout out to the great folks at Manscaped.com, the best of the best when it comes to man's grooming. Uh, Dan said they got us some packages on the way, man, so we're going to get some fresh edge climber, uh, trimmers. The lawnmower 4.0 now. We had the 3.0, now we got the 4.0. A little bit more sophisticated, a little bit more sleek. You can still shower and, and do what you got to do in the shower. And Nick, I don't know if you tried the ball deodorant out or not, but you may think you don't need it, but you're going to find out when you get this package that, <laughs> you know, everybody needs ball deodorant. It's about to get hot. Uh, yeah, summertime's already picking up in Gainesville. It's my first Manscaped package. You, we do have a – I do have a deletory code. You can use that. Take some, take 20% off. Uh, but, no, have not tried uh, any of the deodorant. Well, you're about to see what they do, man. Uh <laughs> Be sure to visit manscaped.com. Use coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Oh, dang. SG's that your our discount code is better than my personal one. Use that, use SG. <laughs> <laughs> my, I don't got free shipping on mine. Don't use Delatory. Uh, yeah, so you gotta, you know. Shout out to the uh Steve Miguel gang. They 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 really uh support this whole manscaped thing, man. It's dope. So I think you got Son of the Week, man. First time here. Song do? of the week, yeah. first time. It um so like so so talks about you. I mean, you started this whole podcast network, and you talk about you know your people, your friends. So when your friends are doing something, support it. You know, your friend opens a restaurant, don't go there expecting free drinks and a free meal. Go pay full Already. price and and, and and support your friends. So Already. you know the so vibe. so my guy Zach Albaverdi uh, has been making music for a little while, and. Uh, He's just coming back out now with 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 some songs. So he's got an album. He said, "Don't drop the album name." He's got an album coming out this week, and uh, this is his song called "Good Time" off his upcoming EP. Shout out to my man Zach. He's gonna be kicking kicking it with us on Big Three Roll Up this week as well, man. Same corner, same time. 
first time for me, but yeah. <laughs> we'll get Dan to finish with us next time. Dapper Dan left early. Hey. Just pay my last car note. Huh. I got no money borrowed. And the day all tomorrow. So I'm about to hit the bar, bro. Yeah, I told my dog they can slide through. We gon' turn up like we did in high school. Rolling up, then we do a little pregame. Taking shots while we puffing on the weed strain. It ain't nothing but a G thing. Listening to Drain Snoop Dogg trying to pee game. We about to leave a fire. Headed downtown, what a time to be alive. I don't drink or drive, man, I always call a ride. Now I got an Uber waiting outside. I'm out for the night. Before I go out like a light, it's only right. I just took another raw shot Now I'm at the bar talking to a dumb thot She wanna stay the night and take me to her lunch spot Girl, I got a wife, you can eat a conquat Then she told me I can get lost I said you can kiss my ass with your lip gloss <laughs> Now I'm feeling like a big boss Little bit of Chris Bosch mixed with some Rick Ross <laughs> But you gotta take a big loss Before you learn to drill sauce I ain't tryna floss, I just want a good time Let me get a vodka soda with a little bit of lime Had a lot up on my mind now I'm feeling fine, I've been trying to unwind And I'm doing it tonight, you know I'ma get high Till they turn the lights on, gotta party hard with the squad all night long If I see a stage and somebody turn a mic on I might do some karaoke if I hear the right song huh. I just need a couple beers, I ain't been this drunk in a couple years Cheers to the good life, toast to the great friends We gon' celebrate this occasion And I probably won't remember how the day ends But I'm saying, we gon' play